We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, before we get started in today's podcast, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. And we are back in 2021. Hello, listeners. Hello, Zan. How's it going? And welcome back to the Esports Rewind podcast. It's been a minute, hasn't it? It has been. Yeah, Mm. I think we missed a a Christmas episode because Mm. of breaks. And then it just so happens the first episode now falls. Well, this is the first one for the new year. And I don't expect it to slow down. It's already been pretty heated. So Yeah. It's been like, what, four days? Yeah. It's already insane. Yeah, I expect a lot more throughout it, but welcome back to another year of the Esports Rewind podcast. We hope you guys all enjoy. Um, as per usual, same time, same mm-hmm. day, every single week. Are you ready to kick this one off? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's run it. 
And first off, Xanifer is uh, an organization I did not expect to be calling out a lot, or to be called out a lot, I should say, throughout mm. 2021, especially at the start of it. It's going to be Cloud9, now back in the news. Last time you and me really talked about these guys mm-hmm. was uh, breaking some contractual rules. So underage signing, unfortunately, um, in the League of Legends scene, which was due to some rule changes. And now this time, a handful of pro players coming forward after what a lot of people see as a wrongful removal of some Fortnite pros in Vivid and Chap. Yeah, this is a weird story. And very, very. It, it spiraled fast. Yeah, like within like hours, it feels like almost. And yeah, um, it's it's almost like where do you stab on this one? If mm. you guys missed the general gist of this, Vivid and Chat, very well known Fortnite names, and unfortunately were let go early on into some long term two to three year contracts. Mm. Let go about a few months into them, and the reason they were given was for visibility, of which Jack responded later on Reddit saying falling short on a range of metrics without going into very much detail. Ever since then, we've had Vivid and his response take off. We've had mm. Chap now joking about visibility, and then a handful other of uh, Fortnite pros or players in general who have had some wrong dealings with Cloud9 now come out and uh, call the organization out. It's been pretty heavy fire. Yeah, absolutely. Coming from a lot of unexpected sources, too. And I think it's important here. We got to take everything with a grain of salt, of course. Very we don't true. have receipts for a lot of this stuff. Um, when Cloud9 mentioned the visibility thing, my first thing, thought was, oh, they probably had some like performance metrics in their contracts that were part of those contracts. Like, hey, you got to pull in X amount of viewers. You got to have bring this amount of impressions to the Cloud9 brand, perhaps, something along those lines. And maybe they just weren't hitting those. And then based mm. on responses, you find out maybe those weren't in the contracts. Yeah, yeah. And maybe so they're like verbal agreements or something, perhaps. Yeah, so yeah. obviously very hairy details. Mm. And at the end of the day, you know, from where Cloud9 comes from, mm. yes, it is just business. Sometimes your business does garner backlash with yeah. the choices you do make. And this one particularly because now other people like T-Hump coming out and saying that FaZe Clan was one of the runners for a guy like Chap, but uh, then Cloud9 comes in and offers him double the salary. Mm. So you pull him away from FaZe Clan, of which that offer is probably no longer on the table. And then you drop him a few months into what was double the salary. But of course, ends up being only a few month long contract. Right. You understand both sides. Cloud9 is just business, but it's coming off as it. It's very, um, yeah, it's, I don't really want to call them out too much, but it's not a good look. It's a pro-business move, not necessarily a pro-player move, um, which I think is fine sometimes, because I think well, from what we've seen, Cloud9 is a very progressive organization when it comes to treating their players well, mostly, um, from a lot of... Or so we thought. Or so we've heard in some cases, and this seems to be relatively isolated in terms of, like, I don't know if it's something to do with how they run their Fortnite uh, yeah, side of certainly things, heavily, particularly. heavily focused on Fortnite players. Yeah, yeah, so... You know, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on the story going forward, but I don't think this is a time to necessarily, you know, dogpile Cloud9 or the players in either circumstance. Yeah, we will see how Cloud9 responds to the ongoing accusations, which mm. continue to uh, go around, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> it's a crazy way to start 2021. Yeah. We now have the conclusion to one of the biggest stories of 2020, arguably oh, for a very for for some people out there, just because of the scandal involved. <laughs> that was a really <laughs> okay. We've had a lot of scandals throughout 2020. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be fair, it's a but, hectic year, <laughs> but certainly one that was overseen by a lot of people out mm. there. And it's not generally our, our general audience, but right. it is. I mean, it's just. Um, it's huge um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, for those of you who may not have picked up on it by now, we're talking about the finalization 
of the newbie match-fixing scandal in Dota 2. Uh, the story originally came up in May of last year, I believe. Yep, around as, seven months ago. Yeah, as it was found that uh, five, all five players were implicated in match-fixing in several uh, Dota Pro League events, and relatively immediately were permanently banned from several of the bigger majors out there, including Imba TV and uh, CDA, I believe. Uh, but no word from Valve, no response or anything. Valve... Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> playing standard Valve. Just, yep. you know, very, put their hoodie on, put their like, headphones. Whoa, one of our notable teams? Nah. We didn't hear that. What? <laughs> they, they, they use carrier pigeons over there, so it took them a while to yeah. hear about it. Yeah. But anyway, now as of uh, January 1st of 2021, Valve has now confirmed that Nubio as an organization, as well as all of the players who are participating in this match-fixing scandal, have been permanently banned from all Valve events. This is huge for mm. so many reasons. They're mm. former TI winners. Some of these players are notable and are very high earners in the space. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show you that an organization, former TI winning organization, that all of a sudden went down a road with all five players involved, mm. which typically, you know, the best way to match fix is probably to let all of your players yeah, know. Yeah, you would hope hey. so. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, when the story first uh -huh. came out, this is an organization that has turned to match fixing for profit. That is mm. how they are making their way in esports or did. And so frick these guys, frick them all. That might sound yeah. kind of harsh, but good move by Valve took mm. a long freaking time. But it's so baffling to know that in the Chinese scene, we now have an entire organization we're not talking about players. We're talking mm -hmm. about players, staff, coaches that we're all well aware and and told we are we're match fixing. That's what we're gonna do. Which yep. it's just it's mind blowing. This story will often go overseen. It's crazy though. Yeah, it is really really ridiculous. Because I mean, you got to take into account just. At what level, when did that decision happen? Because like you said, they are TI winners. This is a solid team. These people can play. So they're not like struggling or anything. I mean, the the roster itself, so the organization mm. is TI winners. That was actually several years back. Yeah, so yeah. I, to, to kind of go off your point, you've got to wonder, when did that leaf turn? Mm. So you bring in new players, but you know, the team saw success. You know, mm. they weren't, you know, they didn't fall off off the map completely. They were right, still seeing right. some success. But right, when did that leaf turn of the organization saying, hey, we haven't won TI in like six years mm. or five, four, year, four or five years, should we just start? Like, Yeah, I think that I, last win was 2014, I believe. Yes. So yeah, it had been some And time. they've had some, I imagine, DPC wins or earnings mm. ever since then, but not notable like like a TI win. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, at what point do you call a meeting and, and call it in the freaking memo, <laughs> uh -huh. match fixing meeting? Like, <laughs> You probably don't say, you don't lead in with that. You say, creative tournament practice. <laughs> like how we're going to make money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, it, it's just, it, it really is mm -hmm. um, crazy to try and compare to maybe a Western culture. It's mm -hmm. obviously so prevalent in all of esports, but especially over there in China or the Asian mm. regions where these things can be a force of hand. We've talked about Chinese right. mafia and mob members getting involved. It can be very scary, yeah. but it's just... Imagine a CS:GO major champion, or mm -hmm. um, you know, a, you know, a League of Legends, or even a world finalist team. Uh, of which, yes, we have seen Counter Strike and League of Legends teams yeah, and players match fixing. Yes, I mean last year we couldn't even punish most of those people because <laughs> it was too bad. But this is just to a whole new extreme, mm -hmm. and um, it, it won't be the last time, most likely either. Yeah, yeah, it won't. Uh, I do think it's worth noting though that. You know, Valve taking so long to respond is probably why Riot is in a perfect position to come in and swoop like that entire audience because Riot responds super quickly to stuff like this. Oh, and Valve very, very is like, so. you know, if you get anything back from them, it's like, you know, 
a letter five years later. Yeah, and yeah. Riot had their dealings with match fixing mm-hmm. all throughout last year and some big player and coaching issues yeah. um, over in the Asian scene as well. And they they, they do, handled it. You know, um, you know, obviously you can't handle those things 100 percent perfectly, right, but right, response time wise, it's not seven months. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy to know match fixing will never not be a thing, mm-hmm. and this is likely the biggest match fixing scandal of 2020. Now finally coming to a close to start off 2021. And certainly an interesting one that I kind of kept a little hidden. We'll probably talk more about this on the on the channel for a full video as well. That being Phase Banks in a podcast now a, a few months ago, had a lot of great clips from podcasts with Nade Shot and, and Hex and uh, Keemstar as well. Typically some pretty polarizing figures and mm-hmm. some big figures as well, of which Phase Banks actually ends that podcast by hinting at eventually, maybe sometime in the near future, being ready to sell his portion of FaZe Clan and kind of leave the entertainment gaming space as a whole, which was shocking to hear, mm-hmm. but also kind of makes sense. Yeah, I 100% agree. I could kind of see his traje- trajectory going more towards like leaning away from being directly involved in FaZe Clan. Perhaps I can't see him leaving FaZe Clan 100%. No, never. In a I don't lot think... of ways, that feels like his child, you know? And I think FaZe Clan also, despite him being very controversial, still benefits from him being mm-hmm. one of their bigger faces attached. When you think FaZe Clan, you think of probably a few names top of your right, head. Right. FaZe Banks is probably the first one I think about as well. Mm-hmm. But to hear him say that he's like almost sick of all of it, you know, making mm-hmm. the headlines and, and everything, that, the stress and, of course, anxiety that comes with having to try and live up to expectations while being tied to FaZe Clan, Mm -hmm. he said he's ready to catch the ultimate bag and kind of get out, which evidently, let's keep in mind, if Hex is going to sell Optic Gaming, which he has already done, got it back luckily, Mm -hmm. if Hex is willing to sell Optic Gaming to get a little cash, which all the power to him, Mm -hmm. you better believe all of your favorite faces out there are at one point in time we're gonna have new owners coming eventually, guys. Yeah, they're definitely. gonna get their what they what they are owed. You know, mm, so, I'm, I imagine though Banks is gonna look at it, exactly what happened to Hex and how much Hex was just like sad about what happened to Optic after it was no longer in his hands, and probably look at, hmm, does he feel comfortable? being in that same position and then having to maybe buy his way back into phase later. But I think it's so different because Hex had what we think was you know, a substantial chunk of Optic mm. Gaming that he sold. Yeah, Banks yeah. is obviously going to be a menial percentage, still probably worth mm. a good amount of money, but I don't think it's necessarily the... the Not near... necessarily the same like financially, but I mean, it's like from an, emo- from an emotional perspective. You know? Yeah, and I'm sure if, if he were to ever do that, they'd probably have some agreement to have him still remain mm. tied to phase Clan in some way. But it was interesting to hear that he was almost kind of getting sick and tired of the space itself and was contemplating maybe getting out um, of course would we think still be tied to phase clan but now it just kind of makes you curious how much that bag would be worth um, Nade shot probably thinking the same thing eventually mm-hmm. down the line to sell his portion of hundred thieves and still remain attached as well so we'll see at one point you know if we're still here a couple of decades from now yeah. when all these big faces start selling and if those rumors do come out we'll be covering them yeah we'll see what those numbers are <laughs> All right, Jake. So one of my favorite things to do at the end of a year is go back and look at all the analytics from events over the past year, different like streams, streamers, and really see like who came out on top. So I just wanted to run down some of the more surprising numbers from this year's past uh, esports tournaments and events. Ah, okay, okay. This is coming from uh, courtesy of Esports Charts, uh, one of my favorite sites to go to. There's uh, also like Streamlabs out there making quality content, a couple other sites, very similar. Um, But anyway, so 
if you have to think of you know your number one esports tournament of the past year viewership wise, what, what comes to mind immediately? League of Legends Worlds. Yeah, which of course, right? World <laughs> is always going to be number one. Yeah, yeah, or at least one yeah. or two. I mean, and we didn't have TI last year, so didn't even have that kind yeah, of competition. Yeah, or CS:GO majors. There really was mm. no competition. Yeah, and there was yeah. no Fortnite World Cup. There was mm. really no shot. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of like huge, huge events. But I was kind of surprised to see. That oh, was it a mobile gaming thing? Frick, yeah. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> the next three tournaments on the list are all Free Fire. But Worlds did make number one. Worlds was number one at, at 1.1 uh, million views. Uh, Free Fire. Are these so, concurrent viewers or what's this metric? Uh, peak viewership. Okay, peak viewership. Got yeah, you, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, League of Legends World was at uh, 1.1 million. Uh, Free Fire Continental Series for Asia was at 837K. For America, they re reached uh, 706K. And then for Copa America, they reached uh, 568K. And then below that is the LCK finals. Free Fire, what the frick? Yeah, right? Like out of nowhere. Yeah. Like really dominating. In We're in the wrong market. <laughs> for real, we got to really figure out how to like get y'all interested in yeah, mobile games. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So Mobile drama, hit us up. <laughs> Okay, most popular leagues by hours watched. So this is like, you know, the franchise scene and whatnot. Well, so right? that'd be League of Legends still, right? Of course. And then follow not the one you would think. Is it's... it the mobile League of Legends? No, no, it's <laughs> the LCK. Oh, I, LCK I guess I would have said LEC. Yeah, yeah, I would, I guess, LEC or LCK. So LCK, LCK beat LEC? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty handily, too. LCK was at uh, 136 million hours watched. Uh, right below that, it was Mobile Legends. I knew it. God damn it. <laughs> at, uh, what is that, 95 million hours watched? And then, you know, the ESL Pro League for CSGO coming in there, getting some solid views. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Kind of surprising, not going to lie. Same here, honestly. Uh, 77 million hours there. Uh, LEC clocking in behind that at uh, 70, 72 million, and LCS at 62 million. Um, Does it only go top five? Top five only. Uh, I imagine the specifics? drop off to Call of Duty and, and then Overwatch. I actually took note of those specifically because it's... <laughs> Read your mind, <laughs> baby. Okay, so like the, the, the fifth place one was around 70 plus million? Uh, fifth place was uh, 62 million. Okay. Uh, Overwatch League and Call of Duty. Overwatch League is at 25 million. Call of Duty is only at 15 million. Call of Duty... Only at 15 million. Was under Overwatch. Over, under Overwatch. Are we trusting those hours? I mean, because you hear things every you hear things every, every year, season, yeah. yeah. And you never, to be fair, you never know a hundred percent for sure. But there are certain sites out there that do usually have fairly reliable data. Yeah, and I'd say esports chart is one of them. So if it's not precise, it's pretty darn close, I would say. Yeah, and that might work with format too. Maybe Overwatch mm -hmm. is actually just broadcast more in general. Because I, I would have, I would have said generally outside looking in mm -hmm. that Call of Duty League had a more successful year than Overwatch League. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So that's that's a tad surprising. Yeah, I gotta wonder if that's maybe them getting more of like the casual esports viewer audience. Because I'd say Overwatch is probably more like an immediate, like oh, that's more friendly, you can put it on with the kids or something. As maybe. Opposed to like hot. I yeah. Don't know. I don't Who know. knows? Yeah, I'd love to. If anybody knows why that is, by all means, hit us up. And then uh, popular tournaments by hours watched are, of course, you know, it's a, it's a League of Legends show. Yeah. Down the list. Except PUBG Mobile's uh, World League for the East coming oh in God, at dude, in the top five. We don't cover five. anything on this list. Because it's so hard. How are we even here? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my big question for the audience is how do we cover mobile for you guys? What, what mobile stuff would you be interested in? Mobile scene, like, Asian scene, because uh, Asia also includes India. I mean, God mm. dang. Esports talk to mobile. Esports talk mobile. Esports talk... <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll figure it out, but that's pretty surprising to say the very. I mean, yeah, definitely. some of it's not, but uh, I mean, god dang, we know the mobile market is is j- growing ginormously. Mm-hmm. We can only cover it as a one-off, you know, when Doc gets challenged for a hundred. Yeah, yeah, grand. something like that happens. But man, that is certainly seeming to be the future as mobile phones are more accessible than consoles and PCs. Mm-hmm. So, golly. Yeah, I think mobile is going to be the big thing for esports going into the future. Let's lock her up. So, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Any mobile news people out there, hit us up. <laughs> we'll drop you half a bag and we'll get things going. <laughs> And very lastly, Zan, you know, last segment we talked about the Asian esports and gaming scene. Let's talk more so about China. That's going to be Weibo or Weibo. How do you pronounce it? I think it's I think it's Weibo. Weibo. If I say I, it I fast know. enough, they can't know. judge yeah. me for it. Um, some crazy news out there. Resurfacing rumors. We actually talked about this a while back when Weibo picked up a Counter Strike roster, and uh, supposedly might actually have a League of Legends existing roster for the KPL. Can't confirm that for all of you, but resurfacing rumors now, apparently Suning from the LPL, the Chinese League of Legends League, might mm-hmm. have already sold their spot to Weibo to now have a League of Legends spot in one of the biggest franchise leagues in all of gaming. Which is insane. Which is the equivalent, if you guys don't mm-hmm. know, this is pretty much the Chinese version of Twitter, is what I've mm-hmm. been, I we talked to Flora, she's my Chinese source, she's amazing, uh, typically from the Counter-Strike scene, but that is how you compare Weibo to maybe like a social media platform like Twitter. Imagine Twitter coming in with a League of Legends team for the LCS or LEC or a Counter-Strike team, and that's how weird this is. Uh-huh. Um, but it's another billion, billion, billion dollar company um, conglomerate, a megacorp coming into gaming and apparently Suning is actually already backed. Suning themselves who are selling the spot supposedly already backed by a mega corporation anyway Mm. but it's very weird to see a social media site entering gaming with several different rosters. You have to wonder if we'll ever see this as a consistent thing, because I gotta imagine the conversations has to have happened at the headquarters of you know top tech organizations in America, like Twitter or Twitch. Yeah, they I mean that'd be it. really cool to yeah. Facebook. I mean it'd be mm. really cool. YouTube. I mean, mm. can you imagine? I think it'd be really cool, but it also opens you up for like if Twitter has immediate a immediate conflict of interest. If Twitter has a a roster and mm. then one player on that roster tweets something mm. homophobic or mm. racial. I mean, you're pretty much en- you you put an end to that. So right, right. It, uh, yeah. Or even let's say you know your posts are getting surfaced more frequently than other teams, and people are like, hmm. Or even if that like oh. people start thinking that it doesn't even have to be true. Yeah, people start thinking, ah, yeah, I didn't Twitter's even think boosting their extent. own team. Yeah, and I don't think Eastern or Asian culture really cares at all about that. I mean, it's it's a move that's already been made before with mm-hmm. Afrika TV. They mm-hmm. have Afrika in League of Legends. Right, it's totally so normal. It's like Nobody bats an eye. Yeah, and and it's totally normal. But I I think you're right. Given mm-hmm. the culture here in Western culture, I do think there'd be some judgment. Mm. and some heavy skepticism of favoritism on those platforms that then have those rosters. Yeah, especially when it comes into play with like, when you think of like how unresponsive these platforms are to any problem on them, like Twitter constantly Twitch has issues. Twitch could never have an Twitch, yeah, roster. They would be laughed out of the room the second they tried to buy Like you team. get Twitch rivals invites, yeah. blow up, uh-huh. uh, you, you don't get banned for doing something bad on Twitch because you play for their esports team. Uh-huh, right. Bad, yeah, so... Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think that I just wonder if when this happens and if it did when it did happen for Africa, if there was like us, mm-hmm. like the the 
the yeah. Eastern culture version of us yeah. on uh-huh. a news show that was like, this can't, like, this can't be a Thinking thing. Like, oh, this is sketchy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they were like, this is awesome. <laughs> um, but it's apparently a thing. Weibo's taken over, mm-hmm. and I can only hope that Twitter or someone else maybe makes a stab at it. Mm-hmm. But you have to think, like you said, the big wigs have probably already thought of it. Mm-hmm. Thought, mm, let's pass. It's probably not worth it, you know. <laughs> but once Weibo does it, maybe uh, they'll think about it. Yeah, true, true. Just imagine LCS 2023. Mr. Beast has Beast Gaming, mm-hmm. and Twitter has a roster. Has like they don't. It's not even. They don't even have a name. It's just a Twitter logo because everybody knows what it's it just, is. It's yeah. just like yeah. <laughs> oh, we will see what happens. I hope this year does it. Uh, let's just keep it spinning. Yo, Mixer comes back with their team. Oh my god! <laughs> they just, oh Jesus! Call them the Blenders. Oh freaking a! We're back. Yeah. As per usual, we hope you guys all enjoy a spicy first podcast of the year and hopefully many more throughout it. Zan, you want to hit him with that uh, 2021 outro? Yeah, definitely. You know, as always, guys, you can find us as part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. We're on iTunes, Spotify, basically wherever you like to listen to your podcast. By all means, go check us out. Shout out to all of our audio listeners there. Uh, we really do appreciate the love and support. And shout out to our listeners and viewers on TV up in Canada and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, squad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we all appreciate you tuning in. If you'd like some more daily esports news content, you can find us on YouTube at Esports Talk. We're on Twitter at Talk underscore Esports and Instagram at Esports underscore Talk. Uh, you know, reach out at any time. We love getting DMs, love getting messages. Uh, it really does mean the world to us. We get a lot of stories from viewers out there. So by all means, keep sending those our way. And to see a little bit more of the stories that we don't get to cover on the channel, uh, check us out at EsportsTalk.com. And... We should have some big news coming for you viewers sometime maybe next week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should be very soon. Stay tuned. We hope you guys all enjoy. We'll see you back here next time. Take care of yourselves, okay? Huh? Happy 2021. Happy 2021.